genuinely, I don't think anybody's in, under any illusion about how you feel about Al. Fucking hate Al's workspace. I touched Al's stuff and now he hates me. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I've had better. And I'm Brett. <laughs> Fuck's sakes. You can't make me laugh when I'm doing it. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the disorganized draftsman. So, gentlemen, how are we? What has everyone been up to? Uh, Brett, you've got a dirty face, so you can talk first. Dirty boy! I'm a dirty boy! Oh, dirty God. mouth! Clean it up! <laughs> yeah. um, the, whatever, it was an old Orbitz commercial. Um, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I put out the box video, Better Woo! Boxes, which was, surprisingly, as I was working on the project, it kind of, both of them came out better than I had planned yeah which is always a nice little surprise when you go oh crap uh those don't look like dog shit um <laughs> especially since one of them is going to owl i oh. wanted it to look nice and that, uh, one, that one does look really nice thank you it legitimately i'm 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 pretty happy with how it came out like i i did the upholstery trick on the coffin case last year yeah and it's something that i've always just kind of held in the back of my head which i have never seen that before with like the soldering iron thing it's just that when i was working on it last year i went i want to put a diamond pattern in the upholstery how the hell do i do that and i go well, i gotta make the foam that shape and it just that was a tool that made sense it was like i'll burn it <laughs> yeah um so yeah i haven't done it since but it came out really nice and then i've had a handful of people just be like "Ooh, i'll get some crushed velvet interior I was like, yeah <laughs> it's gonna be so pretty <laughs> Um, I am a crushed velvet interior. Yeah. Have you seen it? Um, and since then, because the podcast will come out on Wednesday, correct? Um, by then I will have another project that is currently underway and has been since Saturday, Friday or Saturday. I'm making a gigantic battle axe for the mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um, it was, well, it, let's see. It's Ben's idea. It was Ben Ueda's idea. Yeah. And he told Jess and I that we should forge a gigantic battle axe using weight plates. Nice. From this brand that I guess is the Mountain's weight plate sponsor. I don't know. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'll buy you some steel weights. And I go, they have to be steel if you want me to forge them. And then he sent cast iron. <laughs> so... Uh, but he also sent a Jess along with the plates. So she is grinding to her heart's content on cast iron and making the blades. And then we have to make the handle and do all these other little bits and bobs or whatever, but it's gigantic and it's going to weigh 50 pounds. Awesome. And that's why my face is covered in coal. Yay. Yay. The shop is so dirty right now. <laughs> and so are you. Al, what have you been doing? Uh, what have I been doing? With uh, your one day. With my one day. No, there's been two days now because it's Monday. Don't go, oh, spoiler alert. Fourth wall. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, um, been building the sets. So I've got my Caroline shirt on because I've been, I've been building props and, and sets for the, uh, for the charity window, which is uh, cool. Um, lots of kind of learning as usual um 
things like perspective, which is an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're, because um, the window is not at the same uh, height as the, the floor, as street level. So basically we planned all this thing and illustrated all these, these characters and stuff. And then it's like two feet higher up in the air. So all of a sudden everything's got to be completely different and it, it it doesn't ruin the proportions of stuff, but basically the the perspective is way off. So we've had to like deal with having things much further back in the window and building a bigger frame and stuff. Yeah. So my initial kind of schematics and stuff just had to change on the fly. Meant a lot more wood. So uh, luckily, the local <laughs> supplier in Leeds has, um, has been kind enough to donate uh, a bit more wood. So I've been kind of lugging a, a shitload of timber around. But just basically framing. I mean, it's no different than kind of construction framing. That's what I'm using. I'm using CLS. Um, but it's just a case of like putting all these channels and grooves in it so the cardboard can slot in. Um, and it's got to be modular as well. So you've got to be able to get in and out of the window because this is it's still going to be in our office. So it's it's got to be kind of um, a little bit accessible. Um, and yeah, a bit of sewing. So uh, watching Berkey's video make his make his awesome squished bug shirt. Um, oh, that's so <laughs> yeah, it just got me in the mood, and I've I've been having to uh, make basically a dozen two meter curtains that are going to go behind this this um, this window display. Yeah. So yeah, so the the, the sewing machine's seen some action these past couple of nights. It's been some long nights and early mornings. I was up at like nice. five o'clock this morning making curtains. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do with your morning? I made curtains. I made curtains. They were black. <laughs> no, 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 don't say that. The BBC will oh, yeah, copyright sure. strike on a I podcast. I'd say anything. <laughs> oh, cool. Steve, what about you? You put a video up. Uh, yeah, I put a video out, uh, the one we talked about last week. Clickbait! Um, <coughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> clickbait. It was all down to honour, and it was his fault. Um, so yeah, put that out and uh, and got to show the world more of Honor's nipples, which was uh, always nice. Oh, pink. I know, right? <laughs> I, think, I think they stand out even more, because everything else is all coloured in. Why? <laughs> why are we spending even a second of time talking about that? <laughs> Because why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, so other than that, I, uh, I've been at work and doing that sort of stuff. Uh, I had to fix the Volvo this uh, today, which was that's annoying. That's not a Land Rover. No, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's both of my cars I've had to fix in the last month. Um, oh, is your, did your boot not open anymore like mine? Oh, no, it wasn't the boot. It was uh, the one of the windscreen wipers just stopped working. Ah. And, uh, and that wasn't inconvenient at all. Um, but yeah, yeah so, so just trying, trying to lug around um, basically window sets with a <laughs> car boot that doesn't open is a bit annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can imagine that. Luckily, Honda created the uh, 90 degree opening doors and smart seat feature. Well, that means I can get things in through the side of the uh, rear rear doors. Yeah, lovely. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, uh, so what, what else have I been doing? <laughs> Uh, so I did that. Um, I've started doing some stuff for the treasure trade, which by the time this goes out, I would have hopefully finished. Um, but yeah, so I came up with a really like funky idea for that. Um, but I then went to see Al and was like, oh, Al, can, uh, Al is in Alex Pole, not as in Hack Shack. Real um, Alex. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking about doing this and just kind of like asking for tips. And that was a really bad idea because now I'm doing it much in a much more complicated way with materials that I've never used before and it sucks uh yes Axlex um but yeah whilst I was uh talking to Alex we spoke about the fact that 
big news for us, we have planning permission for the extension to the workshop, which means that next year, or all of our plans for next year can actually go ahead, which means we're going to be putting on a lot more classes um, and everything else because we're going to be building out the the workshop. Um, Yay, Steve can quit his job. uh, Basically, yeah. Um, It means that in May I should be able to leave and go full time uh, put the countdown enough work. now Woo! start the countdown <laughs> now I'll go on that website and start a countdown <laughs> now <laughs> um so yeah hopefully by maker central next year i will be uh unemployed which will be lovely um welcome welcome <laughs> but yeah it's been it's been quite interesting because we've been talking about uh like the design for the new workshop and and everything else and like how we're going to set it up so we got people or the best way to to have it so that we can have people in and teach them but also so that me and joe can still use that space as um as a workshop for us so the idea is that the uh the the main workshop is going to be the production area as it always has been um it's going to be a little bit clearer a little bit cleaner and more geared towards what we actually make and then the new workshop which is just kind of an extension on the outside of it um it's going to be set up first and foremost for teaching. So it's going to have uh, forges and anvils all around the outside, around the outside, around the outside. And uh, <laughs> Brett hates it when we do that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But also when we're not teaching, it's going to be where me and Joe can do commission pieces and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, and, yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting the way that we're going to be setting it up. So because we talked about workshops a little bit last week, we figured we'd probably talk about workshops a bit more this week and talk about like how everyone is different. Everyone likes it set up in a completely different way, how things are set up for for different workflows, whether something's whether it's set up for production work. Like, um, like I know uh, Jimmy's talked about it before where he's got kind of a section of the workshop that's set up for production or factory oh, sort of style. Well, he says he does, but I've seen his workshop and I don't think he does. Um, <laughs> it's basically anything that has a flat surface on it is a quote-unquote production area. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like he, how he's got stuff set up for doing the um, the ice picks and, and how the rest of the, his workshop is just kind of a very large storage area, I guess. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> um. And yeah, and just how different people have different ideas of, of what makes a good workshop and, and what we find inspiring about workshops and what we find good and bad and everything else. And right. So okay. this is me and Al for the next 35 minutes talking about how I tried to help him clean and he got mad at me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was actually going to say, like, seeing as you're... It doesn't the- go there, Brad! <laughs> <laughs> seeing as you're the... Uh, the man with the clean shop, happy shop uh, tagline. Uh, do you want to start talking about it and start talking about how you like nice, clean, organized workshops? Oh, poo. Um, <laughs> a certain, a certain bit of controlled chaos. I mean, I know, I know it's, um, I know it's a very like quintessential thing that I'm kind of carrying now of this clean shop, happy shop thing, because it is in fact what I like. Um, a lot of it comes out of never having my own space. So always working with other people. Yeah. And so the clean shop, happy thing, happy shop thing came from my grandfather. And it was because he had 
two or three sons that would also come out in the workshop. And if they left it dirty, it always, you know, instead of getting just outright mad at him, he'd always just be like, you know, more people are here. If it's a clean shop, it's a happy shop. Yeah. And because I'm sharing a space with Jim and if I've ever shared a space with another uh, person in a workshop, I have a tendency to always clean up after myself because it's their space. And, you know, if I've carved out my little ship shop area and Jimmy shop, that's nice and it stays relatively organized and clean. But really, it's because I don't want that space to become another facet of disorganization within somebody's shop that I don't own, you know? Yeah. So even, even with like Al's workshop, you know, we, I know I've made jokes about the owl putting stuff on the walls and doing whatever he wants and me trying to help. But really what that came down to is I wanted to know what would, what would be the best for him, right? Like what can I do to, if he had an ideal situation, in his workshop, what would it be? Would it be absolute chaos and everything's just within arm's reach? Well, great. Then let's just throw it all up on the walls. It's going to look amazing. It's probably going to look visually really like engaging. And there's just, you. it's like if it's in that vein where there's just stuff everywhere, it actually is really nice to watch the videos because it's, it's like I'm always uh, in, in. It's always very enticing to see what he's got going on, you know, visually. What's in the background? Ooh, that thing moved. I better use that thing. What project did he use? That thing that I remember where it used to be. Um, the forge with with you and the rest of the folks. You know, I, if there was a broom available, I probably would have used it. I didn't see one, but I would have <laughs> been the first one to grab it because Alex was nice enough to let us be in the forge and when i leave a space i want to make sure it's you know that that old adage like leave it better than how you came and i know i talked about it a little bit last time with the chefs and and all the cooks and stuff when we were asking al about all the questions but um a lot of that comes from my time working with the restaurant folks out in vegas is like they have to clean up and break down for safety reasons and health hazard reasons, but it honestly makes it so clean and easy to come in and just start working when nothing is disorganized. Right. And you just, everything has got its own place. When you walk in in the morning, it's super clean and you're like, I need a pot. And you just, there's where the pot is. That's exactly where it was. And if it wasn't there, then at least you get to go, all right, who the hell (laughs) did not put the thing back? Um, so yes, I know it's a little bit goofy that I that I maintain this kind of cleanliness thing. Um, I don't have a lot of stuff, so it also keeps <laughs> it easier to maintain a clean space when you don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I obviously work for somebody that has a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so there is a little bit of not headbutting, but there's definitely certain moments of just me like, "Did you really just want to throw that entire bag of flap discs?" on the ground or should we make a drawer for them he's like oh it doesn't matter we'll get them you know when we need them like yeah Yeah. but if we put them in a drawer then we know they'll be there when we need them (laughs) yeah but i'd love to hear your guys's perspective because i know i get a little bit of shit for being you know mr (laughs) clean but then you guys come and break shit in my shop (laughs) if it was messy we wouldn't be able to break anything because we wouldn't find it yeah when you just got three things on display they're just like break me break me but uh i think because I kind of sit between, well, I think I sit between you and Al in terms of there's there's certain aspects of the workshop that I'd like to be um, 
not to say disorganized, but I don't mind having things out and not necessarily in their place. And and there's obviously a difference between how my workshop is and how the the forge is as well. Like there's in uh, Alex's workshop. Um, so there's a few differences there. But I I'd kind of like to hear Al's point of view so I can kind of so not... you can place yourself in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, Steve's say, got garden chairs and soil sitting on one of his walls because some lady stores stuff there. So yeah, you, yeah. you don't yeah. even really have full well, reign of your shop. Well, that's that's it's funny you say that because actually, I've uh, last week I managed to get a load of that like cleared and tidied up, and like just that on its own makes a massive difference because I like um, I don't necessarily want it like clinically clean, but I like. Uh, I, don't, I don't like having shit out that doesn't need to be out. Like I don't mind having a load of stuff out and having the like every horizontal surface covered, as long as you know that's all the stuff that I'm using for this project, or that's because I've got three different projects on the go or whatever. But if it's if there's just shit out, like there, there was a, a tarp that was just kind of half scrunched up, just chucked to one side, and it had been like that for ages. And I kind of went, well, if you're not going to do anything with it, I'm just going to fold it up and I'm going to put that away and that on its own tops where it's a bit tighter it's fine. I just kind of like shoved that out of the way and then that on its own made a huge difference to to how the workshop as a whole felt um and it did feel a lot uh a lot more organized and a lot cleaner and tidy and also felt more spacious and a lot less like it was just tim's fucking garage which is a complete state and tim i know you're listening and i know when you i know you love it when we mention you but sort your shit out (laughs) so anyway the question to al was (laughs) when you said i want to hear al's perspective i thought you meant you wanted to hear my perspective (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i i i like tidy things i like clean things my house is relatively clean and tidy my car is relatively clean and tidy um, I can attest to both of those clean things. And tidy. <laughs> um, but it's like it's it it's things that are fit for purpose. Like mm. Brett, your example of of the kitchen is a fantastic one. Like, yeah, I remember watching Ratatouille the film, and there's the moment where um, the girl is telling Remy to like put his elbows in, yeah, and like keep his shit tidy and roll up his sleeves and like. Um, move over to that end of the the, the work surface because it's cleaner, it's closer to the bin and you're making less mess and there's no space in between. And it was then that I realized that they'd done their research. Yeah. And it wasn't just, oh, it's, it's diard on a train. You know, they'd actually gone. <laughs> We're going to research about working in the kitchen and what it's like to work in the kitchen. And I bet they probably sent like, you know, a lot of the production staff to go and experience that and see what it's really like and had really good advisors. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, I like I started noticing everything in the film that that was relative and really on point. So to that point, Brett, you know, for for ten years I worked in kitchens and absolutely had to keep it fucking pristine. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily for like hygiene reasons, you know, like <laughs> still got a ten second rule. We're not monsters. <laughs> um, but like it it was just purely for 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 um, efficiency speed. Like you, you, you couldn't, if you had to stop and wipe or you had to stop and do something, you were knocking off like a second off every process. And yeah. that adds up, especially because I, I, I worked in a restaurant that um, 
not only did fine food, but it also like um, it, it catered for weddings and stuff. And you're doing like 300, 400 covers in a go, and there just wasn't time. Like yeah. every, literally every single knife stroke added up. Um, and if you if you weren't just completely clean, everything was spotless. It would just start to to, to build and build and mound up and mound up and mound up. And by the end of it, you're just like you know drowning in shit. So um, absolutely, there's a time and a place for cleanliness, but in my workshop because when i go into the workshop <laughs> and i want to like weld and angle grind and spray paint and just saw shit and drill shit and you know make all sorts of mess and all sorts of sort of um destructive things i don't want there to be a tidy thing there. i don't want it to be something that is precious about but like, i could never go into Pachuto's workshop and use a tool yeah because it looks like a bedroom yeah. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do anything. I wouldn't want to turn anything on. I wouldn't even want to make any noise. It's too clean. <laughs> yeah, but that—that's obviously how he works, and that's how he's productive, and that's how he's in his, his little environment. Fair play to him. But I can't do it. Like if you come in the hack shack now, there's four trays of rotting apples on the floor because <laughs> I've still not got around to making my cider machine. Um, there's a project that's on the bench, which is the the. Um, the window the window frame stuff yeah and there's like jigs and stuff screwed into the workbench so i can use that and then the whole floor is just covered in like an inch of sawdust and the chop saws on the floor and everything's just like i can get around it all and i can walk through and i can do what i need to do and i'll tidy up when i'm fucking done but like i because i've got having to work late and because i'm having to start early i haven't got that opportunity to, to like you say brett have that nice little and now clean down time yeah, like, I just haven't got it. Like I'll do that once the job's done, and, and right. I can stop. Um, but because I I'm trying to cram all this shit into non-existent free time, it's not something that I can perpetuate and keep going as like um, a process. I, yeah. I love it when the hack shack's tidy and I can go in and I don't have to like climb over stuff just yeah. to get to you know, and the tools aren't all the floor and the drill bits are in the right place. You know that that is just satisfying and warming. Um, so I do enjoy it. And, I, right. and I, I, also, I also like that moment as well where you where you kind of tidying up and you're like, you know, future Al isn't a total dick sometimes. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hook him up. Yeah, uh, you know, and the next time he comes in here, it'll be like, ah, lovely. You know. Yeah. There were enough plug sockets. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it, it's an interesting point you said about um not wanting to uh not wanting to be too precious about it. And I think one of the things that we are possibly a little bit unfair on Brett about is the fact that just because he's his whole like clean shop, happy shop thing, it, it's not from, from what I've seen, it's not necessarily about um, cleanliness in terms of, of being precious about the workbench or anything like that. Mm. It's just, it's about having things organized. Like he, he doesn't give a shit if the bench ends up with paint and epoxy and all sorts of shit like that on it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just the, the organization of it. And, and the best analogy I can think of for that is, um, is it, it, like I, I went into um we jazz and i uh ran a bar for a friend's um it works for a wake um so we went into this um bar it was uh one of the owners had passed away and basically everyone else wanted to not have to worry about working behind the bar so we, we said, oh it's fine we we'll do it you know we've both worked in bars for tens of years it, it's it's not a problem and um and within about five minutes of being behind the bar both of us had already and i had come up with a hundred different ways to improve the organization of that bar because it was it was set up by someone that um bought a bar towards the end of their life they were doing it as a bit of fun rather than um 
like having it as a serious uh, like quick turnaround business. Um, and it was little things like the fact that uh, on the back of the bar, there was no prep area. The prep area you had was like 12 centimeters square. Like you could literally put two glasses there and that was it because there were so many bottles that were kind of stacked around. And this is, this is somewhere that was a, a, a wine bar and yet they had 22 varieties of gin, uh, 15 varieties of vodka, which I don't give a shit who you are. You only need two types of vodka, a house one and a nice one. That's <laughs> it. And uh, and like, and they had a few rums and a few whiskeys, but it, it was what had happened is basically people would come in and say, oh, I really like this brand. And the owner would just go, oh, well, I'll get a bottle of that in. And you ended up with this kind of disorganized mess that, yeah, he could go in and he knew where everything was. But for anybody else going in, it was it was useless. And it took us so much longer to to pour a drink. And and only one of us could pour a drink at a time because there wasn't that that prep space to be able to, to do your stuff. And I think it's the same with the workshop. You need, like, for the way that you're set up in the hack shack at the moment, it sounds like, yeah, there's shit everywhere, but you've got the spaces that you need clear, you have clear, or you have things on them because those are the things you're working on and once you finish working with them you you ship them out of the way um it's like if, if we're doing uh if we're setting up a bending jig or something for a specific shape please but... insert girder yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but like if, we, if we're setting up a bending jig uh we've got a, a big metal table and we'll literally just tack weld on some blocks and use that to bend around and once we're done like that means that that table is basically unusable for anything other than that job but once we're done it's just zip zip they're off clean it down and then that's a usable surface again all right it's it's such an interesting dynamic though i know we're kind of talking a little bit about everybody's workspace and what works for them and blah 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 blah, blah, blah <laughs> whatever anyway because i have the example of al and I, I don't mean to keep beating a dead horse or whatever analogy you want to use um i've seen al work and I, I, I've, I've seen the kind of like when you get in the zone, like everybody's got that moment where they just hit stride and get to work. And I've, I've gotten to be around, you know, a handful of makers at this point. And you can really see when the light switches on and it's just like they're in go mode, right? My favorite thing about being able to watch Al is we had a very limited time that we were in that space, Sophie and I. And Al came home from work, didn't even go inside to like change his clothes, just like straight into the hack shack and was like, right, what are we doing? And to watch you get into like, we have a thing that we're doing. You didn't even know the setup because we kept it a secret from you. <laughs> and then you just jumped. And so like, regardless of what, what, you know, my thoughts and feelings or my preconceived notions of what I wanted to do for you or what I thought would help, it didn't really matter at the end of the day, because it's not my space and I'm probably not going to work in there anytime soon. You know, I live across the giant piece of water, but it's the, the biggest dynamic is, do you share a shop? If not, do whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. Like if I had my own shop to me or if I had my own forge to me, it would absolutely be set up the way, especially a forge. I I'd have a, a vision in mind of what my forge would look like. And it's a nice idea, but like the more Smiths I've been around, the more it's like, yeah, but they all do it this way. And I, <laughs> it seems like I should probably do it that way. Well, it, it doesn't matter. 
You know, Alex's yeah. forge is set up to be class ready. And there's 400 hammers on the wall and 300 sets of tongs and, you know, four coal forges and all these things. Obviously, one person doesn't really need any of that. As much as you could tell Jimmy, he doesn't. That's besides the point. But, like, the fact that most of the people that I've gotten to step into their workspace, being so built out for them and what works for them, is why I, I can crack little jokes about Al, you know, or he can be like, oh, my shop's dirty and I can do whatever I want in it. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's your shop. You built the hell out of that thing by yourself. And I'm never going to want to like come down on that because I, you know, there's a pot, there is epoxy and spray glue and stuff all over my workbench. It's covered in plywood because then I just sand it all off or strip it and then yeah. put a new piece of plywood on there. Um, I, I love that the, the precious nature, like you brought up Steve, the, the precious nature of things. Um, I, I want to do a better job if I get the opportunity to go spend more time in other people's workshops that, I don't have those notions, right? Like you could walk into a bar having bar experience, look at the bar that you were just talking about and go, this is terrible. Yeah. Well, maybe, but it's their <laughs> bar. So like until you start paying rent on it, maybe shut your mouth. They, I'm not actually saying that to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, whatever, maybe I am. Shut up. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, when I was in Al's space, like by the end of the discussion, it was more just like, what, if we're doing this thing, what can I do for you? Because this is your space. And it was like, put the shit on the wall. If that's what we're doing, just put the shit on the wall. And I was like, right, I'll make a little pencil rack for you. He's like, no <laughs> cup, pencils, blah, on the shelf, done. And it was actually really nice because I didn't have to get in my own head about it. Yeah. It was like, I get to kind of watch, I, I, like Al gets to speak through me and I just get to do what he wants. And it was a really, really nice experience to be put in a situation where it's like, I know how shops should be put together. Well, you know how your shop should be put together or how you want to work. It doesn't make a lick of sense to try and do that or impart that on somebody else. And if you share a space with somebody, then maybe have the discussion about it or draw a chalk line down the middle of your shop and tell each other to fuck off until the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, it's it for me as well, it's like it it's kind of relative. So yes I, I i like the chaos and i like the the randomness and you know things being like i joked about kind of laura's tool wall um <laughs> not because it wasn't beautiful and well made but it's just like this is no interest to me like i don't care yeah. if things are, are neatly lined up or you know in scale order or anything like a, a number six and a number two it doesn't matter where they are in a row <laughs> like i'm gonna need one or the other like it just it doesn't matter right. that they're in numerical order and I know what they both look like. And, you know, I'm not going to pick up one by mistake. Um, but then on the flip side of things, like I really, I really like my hand plane and I really like it to be set really nice and kept really sharp and oiled. You know what I mean? So there's like, there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's some things which I do prioritize and I do think are important and do think I want to be able to pick that hand plane at any time and it'd be good to go. Yeah. But, you know, the other seven tools that are at the bottom of that pile, like, forget about it like <laughs> I, it doesn't really matter like i'm not I, like there's a reason that my drill is built into my bench because yeah. it's, it's the one tool i use all the time right you know i deliberately went right i want that literally within like a second's reach no matter where, or what, what i'm doing and it can't be under anything it can't be like hidden in a box i can't put the drill away back in its case and tuck it up and lock the things it's like no one's gonna steal my drill 
they're going to come in, break in, they're going to take it anywhere. So I don't need to put stuff back in boxes. Yeah. Um, and it, as I, what do you got against boxes? Boxes can just go eat a dick. Like they, they, <laughs> I just made you a box. If you throw away my box, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I've got so many plans. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love boxes. Um, <laughs> boxes, boxes are the best. Um, <laughs> I don't like, I'm not going to keep my knife in the box, Brett. No, it goes on the yeah. it goes on the bespoke bloke. I'm gonna keep, keep like ham in the box or something. Delicious. Perfect. I mm. hope you do. Um, oh, you've, I've lost my box of thought. You were talking about uh, the having the, uh, the prioritizing the stuff. So like having your ham plate yes. all nice and everything, but everything yes. else. Yes, and there. you know this is this is relatively new to me. You know, I only built the workshop a, a year ago. Before that, I never had a workshop before. You know, I'd, I'd bring a fucking the world's smallest chop saw into my living room. And just yeah. coat the walls in sawdust, get shouted at, tidy up, and then you know, anyone was none the wiser. But <laughs> so for a year, it's been like a huge like learning curve for me. Like all those things that everybody talked about when you, oh you're planning out the workshop, like I don't, they're not relevant to me. I'm not right. I'm not making cabinet no. furniture. I'm not. No, making, you made uh, a box for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I made I made a <laughs> a, a triangular roofed box uh, with doors. Yeah, um, and no thermal insulation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm learning as I go that what to prioritize and that's what's important to me priority is more important than than like order because yeah. it's just that this is what I'm going to use this is going to be in, in, in arm's reach this is going to be easy to plug in it's my biggest bugbear I don't care how tidy anything is if I can't plug the fucker in yeah. it just winds me up like yeah. I'd rather like go and lie in the mud if there was a plug socket there <laughs> and I'd be able to use it yeah I mean, because it's 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 quite interesting the the way you talk about prioritization because, like, that's something that you you learn with experience. Um, so like like you said, like when you first build it, you, you don't know what you want. You're just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna put everything here. I think I'm gonna use this. I, I need I need it to be 16 feet long so I can yeah. put a sheet goods through the table saw. Yeah. What sheet goods? What table saw? Exactly. <laughs> like and and you you just do what you want to do. And it's like Brett said, you you set it up for for you, for what you want. And I think that's the important thing. I think there are huge differences between um, like production shops and and your home hobby shop. Like I know Brett said about um, uh, Alex's workshop being set up for teaching. That's not actually true. It's set up. It's very true. I'm very right. No. Brett's right. <laughs> no. It's set up for having, um, because there's, there's, now four of us because we've got another person in there's four of us that work there that's why we've got those anvils set up like that because we all need to be there and we all need to be able to like working in a bar or working in a kitchen you need to be able to elbows in and, and walk around and and get past each other um and you know you you guys have both seen alex's shop you've both seen my shop world of difference but there is no way that i would have my workshop set up as it is if i was doing production work there that is my my little bit of fun that's that's where i go and i be creative and i do dumb shit and 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 i have fun there whereas the workshop like alex's place that's set up for business that's set up to like i know where those i know like what each of those tools are i know where to go to get that i know where to go to get that so when i'm in production mode and i just need to bash it out i know where to do it to go i know how to do it and it's the same like going back to what you were saying about the bar like there's there's certain things about um the way what you were saying about the bar i uh, know what you were saying about the bar about oh, the what that, you were saying about. what you were saying about the bar. <laughs> 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 and 
<laughs> but there's, there's there's certain things about how a bar is set up that is universal. Like again, like you were saying about going to different Smiths um, workshops and seeing how they're set up and going, well, that's not how I was planning on doing it. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's certain universal things that are done, like like having a, a bit of clear space on the back bar for prep. Like there's a very val- valid reason that ninety percent of bar or ninety nine percent of bars have that, and that's for for doing your prep work, but you know, if, you, if you're only doing two drinks at a time, then you only need that little bit of space. And it's the same with a workshop. You know, there's there's very valid reasons why, you know, almost every blacksmith has their anvil mounted in a certain way at a certain height. But if it doesn't suit what you're doing, then fuck it. It's like I've got um, in mind that I've got the the little anvil, the first anvil I've got. Um, I've got that mounted at like about belly button height, maybe a bit higher, which is measuring from the base. Yes. <laughs> Call back. Uh, which is like six to eight inches higher than it should be, like a traditional mounted anvil. But that's set up like that because I use it for a specific task. Um, yeah, it's not how it should be set up, but it's what works for me. But again, if it was the production site, uh, production shop, then I probably wouldn't be dedicating a single anvil to those little finicky bits because we don't do that. So I'd be doing, I'd have everything set up geared towards production um and i think that's the thing is like like you say like the 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 production shop we we're quite meticulous about keeping it clean and tidy it's at the end of the day we make sure all the tools are put away and everything is away um the only thing that gets left out is you know if we've just done say a batch of nails and there's still hot nails on the floor we're just going to leave them there overnight but everything gets tidied away straight away because you need to come back in fresh the next day to do that production work. It's not about being creative. It's about producing something like in January, when we're doing our creative, have a play, make new products, come up with ideas, then we're probably not going to be as tidy. We're just going to dick around a bit more. And the the workshop will show that we're being creative because it will kind of gather that kibble of (laughs) shit (laughs) and kibble Kibble of shit. (laughs) And and it'll become that 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 disorganized mess because you know we we're going to have fifteen ideas going off at the same time rather than being clear and focused about what we're doing. I like I like the point of yeah like clearly we're we're discussing a separation between something like a production shop versus your own little creative mm-hmm. workspace and being able to see the stuff that you guys have produced. Like Steve at your forge, right? It's not a gigantic forge with 30 anvils in it. Yeah. But the work that you've produced or that I've gotten to see you make, it's it's that whole like doing more with less, right? You don't necessarily require a lot of tools and materials and all kinds of crazy shit in space to be able to make, say, one of the blacksmith knives, the little squirrel yeah. tails, you know? And then, you know, other side of of England or the north, um, sort of north. Al has his hack shack, and if you watch Tira get made, it's ridiculous. And yeah. there's stuff like that to come out of, you know, cast whatever judgments and and like. Hopefully, everybody realizes that I love both of you very much. So there's never any judgment on on how you guys work, what your spaces look like, because the stuff you produce should require more things or your space isn't set up to do that. Well, clearly you did do that. 
And even the Tira video, like the kind of stuff that Al produces when I watch his videos, it's like, I am still blown away by somebody being able to do that much with limitations and like, yes, I've, I've set foot in the space, but his creativity and the stuff that he brings to the videos just still blows my mind when I saw Tira or when I saw the song of the dead thing, it's like, how does this guy come up with this? Well, because when he's in his space, it's the most creative and invigorating area that he can possibly be in, right? If you have a gigantic workshop available to you and every single tool that does every single task and it's meticulously cleaned and hermetically sealed and all of this stuff, I feel like that takes away from some of the creativity, right? You bring up the idea of the production shop and you're like, at that point, it's not really creativity. It's yeah, about exactly. executing the plan Yeah. versus what we all do in our little personal spaces is like, this is my creative area. I'm not here for production. I'm here to film some things, which is technically production, but not in the sense of what we're talking. Yeah. And I have to, I have to touch on the one point that Al brought up, which is, yeah, if you want to make your own workspace or something and go, well, when I get a table saw, I want to be able to run, you know, eight feet of plywood through here. And you're like, well, hopefully by the time you can afford a table saw and are doing work that requires that much, like maybe you get to upgrade. But for right now, like a circular saw and a couple of horses out in the side yard, you know, I've seen plenty of people do that. Yeah. At that point, your your backyard is the production space and the creativity still happens inside. Yeah. I am yeah. not judgy. I think, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> not that I'm judgy. Judgy brats. What a bastard. Um, yeah, I think the um, the the point, Brett, about like, you know, this it's functionality and, and, and tidiness and kind of... I know this episode has become like tidy versus messy. That's not the point of this. No, no, no. no, um, no. It, but like the fact that... Um, how something is laid out is to do with 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 being sort of economic with space and, and time and i think that's really important in certain scenarios um it's important that you know you're not banging your head every 10 seconds and it's important that you can find things within reach but i think um beyond the functionality of it and yes we're definitely not production shops steve you're kind of somewhere in between where you, you do do production work and do do um but, <laughs> um <laughs> And Brett, you batch things out from time to time. Literally, that's what I'm doing now. I'm batching out, like, you know, this repetitive sort of uh, framing system. Um, so the, 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 there is an aspect of, of, of practicality that's required. But the reason that I like my shop the way it is is because it's setting an atmosphere. It's, you know, I we've, we all make a deliberate choice for, for how our workshops are. Brett, I know we're kind of taking the piss and saying that it, you're – your, your shop is very clean and very precious and it, it's not it's covered in charm and it's covered <laughs> yeah. in imperfections and it's covered in 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 wabi sabi and, and this idea of like n not everything is, is is crystal clear and perfect and, and there's a story yeah. to tell and like you know the, the yeah. bench isn't exactly that. aligned and it's not perfectly symmetrical and you're just off to the right a little bit and you know all those things are the things that make a human face beautiful because yeah. you're not it isn't perfect. So we're trying to create an atmosphere. We're trying to create a character and a personality. I'm deliberately continuing to talk because Steve wants to go <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to butt in. I just, just the point you, you were making about uh, the, the the ship shop. And that, that's the thing is it's it's his personality. It's his 
it, it's who he wants to play. It, it's a set. Yeah. You know, the, the, as, as more than anybody else's, the ship shop is a set. It's where you produce those videos. It's where you get that inspiration to produce those videos. It's where, you know, you, you get that, you get into that mindset. It's yeah. like, I mean, my workshop, I fucking love the atmosphere of, of my workshop. And I love how it's it so good. can look, but which is why, again, that's why I want to kind of clear away the shit from the other walls so that I can, I can show the whole thing and people can really get a feel of, of, of the atmosphere for it. And it's the same, like when, when you see videos of, of the hack shack, like you look at it and you're like, you, you get excited and you're like, Oh my fucking God, what's he going to come up with next? Because it's yep. not, it's not a, a production area. It's, well, it's, hold it's, on. it's, it's, it's someone dicking around doing something in this OSB box. And you're like, yes, fucking amazing. But, but like, I got to, yeah. I got to help. <laughs> I'm excited. I got to help Al do the hack shaka video <laughs> just the little like teaser thing which was oh to be to be a hundred percent honest was like probably one of my favorite things and it's probably because i got to be there with you and like experience it so it was very fulfilling but you knew you knew exactly what you wanted it to look like and it turns out like one backlight in the hack shack was it and it transformed the interior of the shack from from what I saw when I first showed up with a gigantic smile on my face because I got to set foot in this creative, crazy place. And then a couple of days later, we shot a music video, which was <laughs> awesome. With, if you hadn't had all the stuff sitting yeah. around in boxes, we wouldn't have had the tiny saxophone. What are we going to use for a tiny saxophone? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to use for the cream colored jacket? Uh, hold on two secs. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and, and then, and then, yeah, just within the time that we were there, like I got to shoot a video, um, playing around in the space. Then we did the hack shacker thing. Then we did the music video and all three of them look completely different because you've created an environment that is like a chameleon, right? It's a background that can be what it needs to be. Yeah. And I mean that from the video production standpoint, but also clearly as a workspace, no, I think your, your box that you have created is whatever the hell it needs to be for the project that you're working on. And that's a fantastic thing. I think that that is, that is the biggest learning um, since I started doing this. Like before I built it, you know, you're listening to, to, to Bob and, 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 and Dave talk with Jimmy and, and they're talking about like, you know, getting the right Kelvin from your lighting and, and make sure you get these LEDs and then you got to get the, the gray card to balance it. And I, I was having, I, I wasn't sort of being, sort of led by that but i was under the impression that like my videos are gonna are gonna be not sort of as as desirable as they could be if 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 from scene to scene the colors off and and i didn't think it was that important and i didn't think you know i understand that sound is important and i, I value all these things i value production um but the fact that it's fucking bright orange inside my shack because it's wall-to-wall -wall osb because mm -hmm. i'm cheap <laughs> like that's part of the fucking point of it yeah. Like if it was beautifully calm and crystal white, and and I was in some Swedish fucking coffee shop, like yes, it would be very nice and very tranquil. But exactly to your point, Brett, I'm the chameleon. the The whole point of my channel is that it's different every time. You don't know what's going to come. So the point is that like it, it, it could be it could be green the next episode. You know, I've got purple hair for a reason. It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't care. I'm not precious yeah. about that. Um, yeah. And and you you made a really 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 good point, Brett, which is something I've I've not actually realised until now. 
um, like you joked about the, the kind of the cream sports jacket. <laughs> like, yes, I have a bunch of shit, and and thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, people that keep sending me shit because it's hilarious. Like, I, the more random shit I have is just what fuels me, keeps me going. Um, but the reason I can I can do what I do and I have the ideas that I have is it because I'm I'm just it's monkey see monkey do. Yeah. So I'm just looking. I'm standing behind the bench. I'm just looking around me. And I'll be like, right, I'm going to make it out of that. I'm going to make it out of that. I'm going to pick that bit up. Oh, there's a bit of wood that's the same colour as that bit of wood. Or I can... Oh, no, I don't have a sheet of metal, but that bit of foam might do. Um, and it's that MacGyver moment. It's being able to just, like, completely on the fly, no plans, um, get to an end product with what you can see around you. Yeah. So I, I need that chaos. I need that... Um, it's, the, it's the emptying of the, the bag onto the table to see what you've <laughs> yeah. got. And then yeah. you can decide what you're going to do, and I don't know what's in the bag, where. But so it's just all around me, and I can just I can just cherry pick. I can like be be the magpie, almost yeah. like what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> I'm obsessed with boxes. I know, fucking hell. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that that that's a, a really good point, and I the the feeling I kind of get from this is, and from what uh, Brett was saying as well, to kind of mesh the two together it sounds like what we're saying is that it's not about um necessarily whether or not you have an an organized shop or a clean shop or a messy shop or a dirty shop or whatever it's it's not just about dirty shop (laughs) i know you like man dirty shop it's about what not just what works for you but what you can make work like if if you know that 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 is going to be productive and, and it's not just whether or not you know it it's 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 about how well you know your space as well um and and how you can make that space work for you so you know there i i've seen al come into to my workshop and just start making stuff and he's just gone into a corner and it's like right steve i need this steve i need that <laughs> he made and, a giant slingshot <laughs> yeah and, and you know you just you just hand stuff off to him and it, it's about finding um what works for you and it might not necessarily be like oh yeah i because i've always said i'd really love to have you know a nice clean tidy shop but at the same time i also really like having rusty dirty greasy shit everywhere and i find that i'm much better at working when i've got all that stuff but it's all off to one side and i've got a nice space to work so i make an effort to actually go all right when i start this new project i'm going to make sure i do a clean down and i i get everything nice and organized and and I find I think it's it's finding that um, that thing that works for you and finding that not necessarily balance but just figuring out what works and figuring out what you can work within as well because that's the thing is that sometimes you know what's what's best for you and what you want aren't necessarily the same things but if you if you can figure that out and you can find that then that's that's fucking great and that's what you should go for and I think. We should go for spiffing because I fucked up that segue a little bit. Just <laughs> <laughs> kill a segue. People, People that, that we think, think that are spiffing. Spot. Cool. Uh, right. We are so, going to go cool. into spiffings. Uh, shut the fuck up while I'm trying to actually do the intro, you dickhead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to do um, the thingies. 
Al has decided that I'm going first, and then it's going to be uh, uh, then it's going to be Brett, and then it's going to be Al because it says star. Uh, so I am going to go with uh, B from Burn Paint Create because I met her on Saturday at the Maker's Merry Maker Meal thing that uh, Dandel set up, and she's fucking awesome, and she does some really fucking good work. Um, she's like an artist and pyrographer. Um, and I was like, oh, yes, you do a bit of pyrography. Okay. Thinking it was just going to be like hipster symbols on bits of wood. And it's not, it's full on fucking awesome stuff. So go check her out. She's awesome and lovely. Um, as is her other half and everyone that was there, everyone was lovely. Super, super lovely. Brett, go. Uh, right. So if you ever want to get spiffed by Steve, you just have to meet him. Um, is a pyrograph <laughs> like a pie chart? <laughs> no, it's where you burn into like stuff. It was a pie joke. It was a pie joke, Steve. And also, I was trying to be an asshole for no reason. Um, <laughs> you do that anyway. I know it's so bad. I just it sucks. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going for a real deep cut, uh, small channel, but I, I gotta do Simone just because of. <laughs> Because that's not what you said earlier. <laughs> what? Yeah, anyway, so Simone, when, when she got her new shop in San Fran, um, one of the first things that I remember she posted was just putting tinsel on all of the stairs. <laughs> like, of all the things that she could have done to prioritize her workspace, she put shiny tinsel on all the stairs, which is just another one of those things. <laughs> That is like <laughs> my workspace, whatever I want, this makes me happy is shiny little frilly things on the staircase. So she's still building it out. She made some tables. She had a really f fun video that she put out about the tables and how they like didn't come out the way she wanted. And, you know, Alan OSB style, <laughs> like I'll paint every chip on this OSB thing. And then it's like, well, they look like crap. Yep. But they're <laughs> tables. So I just, I like, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of the build-out stuff. I know she just posted a video with Carrie Byron exploding some heads. Sounds like fun. But yeah, follow Simone. She's doing silly stuff in her workspace, and she's just got a good approach to, I don't know, not taking anything too seriously. Cool. Al? Well, seeing as all this is basically a blacksmithing podcast anyway, I suppose I better spiff Rory. Um <laughs> Obviously, because he's he's biffing and he's yeah. amazing, and he might consider letting me win the Dirty Smith Challenge this year, <laughs> um, which he needs to hurry up about because it's like December and get the video out already. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of like the clean shop, happy shop, uh, you got to keep it dirty. So I've got to stick with Rory because <laughs> he's just got the right attitude. Yeah. Uh, so mine's the wrong attitude. I get it. It's not. It's not just about right and wrong, is it, Brett? But you're Only wrong. Sith deal in absolutes, Al. Exactly. Had to bring up. Oh, rude. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, now I've just got the image in my head of um, Simon Pegg from Spaced burning all of the stuff in the in his backyard. <laughs> all right, everyone, welcome to Post Spiffing, where we talk about episode <laughs> one. Revenge of the th terrible CG graphics. 
CG you, graphics? That's redundant. All right, graphics. Steve, go on. You did the it. Los Angeles Angels. Joke. <laughs> uh, is there any other business? Uh, go and wear shirts like Berkey and make your own shirts like Berkey. It's beautiful. Yes. And has that. dogs on it. Yeah. Do that because that, his message in the group was fucking beautiful. Yeah. It made me love him so much. Uh, yeah. Brett, anything from you? No. <laughs> Are you upset? <laughs> you a grumpy Brett. <laughs> Only always, Steve. I just wish everyone else could see your smile at the moment. That's my secret cap. I'm always <laughs> grumpy. Uh, yes, if you want to get hold of any of us, you can find us on all of the social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metaworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13 or Bucket and Spade Spades and Buckets. Yeah, yeah 46. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was 42 because it linked back to the thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. In a box! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you want to get hold of us as a group, you can find us at fwtpodcast.com. Uh, and you can see, I didn't do www. Aren't you happy? Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> And There's been can... a lot of swears in this episode. I've got there to was say, a, there was a lot more in last week's. Was there? Yeah, last passionate last week. That's why. Yeah, a really sweary episode. Um, yeah, uh, you can also find us on the Facebook in the Fools with Tools group, um, and you can also occasionally find us posting stuff in other groups because we like doing. Because it. Steve likes to repeatedly post when he uh, uploads a video into multiple groups because that's a pet hate of his, but he's a hypocrite. Uh, fuck you and fuck you Phil Uh, (laughs) uh, yes Uh, so do that and find us places and stuff so yeah and the hashtag shows your shops oh yeah Uh, we didn't come up with a hashtag in the end because if you'd like to join the debate with the boys uh, send your hashtags I don't know how the hashtags work what do you do do you send a hashtag No, tag, tag some hash (laughs) <laughs> Corn beef and oh, nice hash. Basically, bash. Put up a photo of your shop and tag us in it. And if you can come up with a decent hashtag that everyone should use, try it. And if everyone comes up with the same hashtag, then everyone will be happy. If if everyone doesn't, then it won't work. So yeah, <laughs> that's how hashtags work. Exactly. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <All three. laughs>